am Citizen 44. Zing chow, everybody. Mark Ahrensberg here. Welcome to Citizen 44. This is show number 82. This is the first show of 2020 with my guest, Mimi Lindauer. Mimi is the youngest guest I've had on the show other than my children. Mimi is the youngest daughter of close friend Robbie Lindauer, who's been on the Citizen 44 with Mark Ahrensberg podcast twice now. I was looking for some diversity on the show in age, and Mimi was kind enough to come on the show and share some of her experiences. That's who's on the show today. I'm super excited about that. Also, I'm leaving. Today is the 6th of January, and tomorrow at about 5.45, I'm jumping on a plane to LA to go hang out with my father for a couple of days before I jump on another plane on Thursday at about 10 p.m. heading to Ho Chi Minh, Saigon, Vietnam. Yep, I am leaving, I'm moving. I took Zoe back to OSU today. She had her winter break with the family. It was great to have Zoe here in town. We had a great time. I drove her back to Corvallis this morning at about 7 a.m. And although I didn't show her, it was a tearful goodbye. A lot of emotional things going on right now with my leaving and her leaving, and I'll be saying goodbye to my son and his mother tomorrow. Just a lot of stuff going on. It's all good stuff, and it's all very exciting. I'm hoping the best comes from all this. That's what's going on with me. I hope you're having a great start to your new year, your 2020. 2020, of course, meaning hindsight. I'm hoping that hindsight starts to kick in, that we know enough to start doing things based on the things that we know that do work versus the things that don't work. Coming up right now, we've got friend and producer Rich Reese. We've also got Gary Lundgren on the show. Happy New Year, everybody. Rich. Hi, Mark. We just had our final Ruby's breakfast. It was really good. And they were like extra friendly today. It was kind of like a unique piece of notice. Oh, I got my coffee. They gave me extra steamed whatever stuff and gave it on the side. They've never done that before. It was dog milk. (laughs) You're working on the house. You're getting ready to go too, right? I am planning to leave Ashland. Yes. How's the bathroom? I saw it before I left and it looked really, really good. Wow, thank you. It's a pain in the ass. It's taken years off my life. But yeah, it's almost done. Yeah. Getting rid of stuff. What have you gotten rid of so far? Got rid of some furniture, some musical instruments, this and that. Yeah. But it's paying to get your bathroom paid for, right? So it's working itself out amazingly. Yeah. Cash from the uh, stuff I don't need is going into the pocket of the uh, carpenter. So how does it feel to let go of things? I've been practicing minimalism for the last few years and it feels great. Yeah. It's the best. I don't need nearly as much stuff as I have. So before I buy something, I let it sit for a day and I think about it. Is that like your Turkish couch? (laughs) That was an impulse buy. As much as you hated it when you got it, 
it's working out, isn't it? And it's much, much, much cheaper than I thought. Just ouch. a couple hundred bucks, yeah. right? And I'll give it to someone that will dig it. Well, the animals certainly like they it. They love it. Big Jake loves that couch. Loves it. I had to kick him off the other night. Yep. Seen any good movies lately? I saw The Wolf of Wall Street for the fifth time. Yeah, we watched it together the other night. That's a wild ride. That is a wild ride. They did not trash a Lamborghini Countach. Well, it sure looked real. They're not going to trash a $200,000 car, are they? Are they? I don't know. He was kind of living the life that you liked, wasn't he? He definitely threw caution to the wind and had a good time. There was no wind and there was no <laughs> caution. And at the end of the day, he basically got away with all of it four years in prison and got out and made millions as a motivational speaker. Another movie that's kind of like that that I watched the other night was Catch Me If You Can, based on a true story. Leonardo, he was a con artist, and Tom Hanks was the oh, FBI agent chasing him. Right. He stole over $4 million, did two years in prison, got out, and the FBI gave him a job. Crime can pay. It can pay. What's money anyway? It's all an illusion. Yeah. I'm leaving... And the last show will be show number 82 with Mimi Lindauer, my friend Robbie's daughter. She'll be the youngest oh. guest on the show. These kids picked up this really annoying dialect where they say mountain. What's that? I don't know. I've heard it a lot, though. They don't pronounce their T's anymore. Mountain? Yeah. Is it like a bonics or something? I think that it probably can be traced back to rap music. Huh. Mountain. That's stupid. Yeah. Today is January 4th. Right. 142020. I'm going to Vietnam in a couple of days. I'm super wow. stoked. And I'm all dialed wow. in, man. Found a hotel for 75 bucks for the week. That's incredible. And it's right in the heart of Ho Chi Minh City, Saigon. Wow. I also found an apartment already, $220 a month. Wow. And I have to give her 440. 440. Yeah. I'll have a place for you wow. and my kids to come stay. Wow. Of course, we'll all be sleeping in the same bed, but that's not a problem. We're very wow. close. I think I'm busy that week. It's the jewel of, what'd you call it? The jewel of Southeast Asia. The jewel of Southeast that's Asia. That's what they wow. say about wow. Ho Chi Minh City. You'll be the Jew of Southeast Asia. I'll be Asia. the Jew of Southeast Asia in wow. the jewel of Southeast that Asia. That is amazing. So bye-bye, Jenny. They sent me to Vietnam. It's this whole other country. I wonder how many Jews live in Vietnam. Four. Okay. Oi! I checked. You did? Yeah. Do you know where they are so I can find them? <laughs> By the way, do you know how to say hello in Vietnamese? Uh, no. Sing chow. And do you know why chow? Why? From the French. Oh. Because they were colonized. So, chow. Merci. I can say thank you in Chinese. Xie xie. Xie xie. You're welcome. Buka xie. Ni hao ma. Hello, how are you? I'm going to use that because I'm going to be in China for a day. Oh. Ni hao ma. Your mom's coming in tonight? Yeah, we're going to hang out for a week. You going to give me a ride to the airport? Yeah. You give me a ride to the airport on Tuesday? Yeah, you know, we'll see how it goes. Okay. Yeah. What? <laughs> what else is going on with you? You quit weed, you're quitting drinking. I'm you're... taking a break from substances. Yes. Okay. Was New Year's Eve your... I had two glasses of wine. How many? <laughs> and an edible. I really went overboard. You did. Rich, thanks again for everything. It's been uh, a lot of fun. I wish you well you on too. selling your home and your adventures in the upcoming year. Have fun in uh, Asia. Thank you very much. Right. Cheers. Peace.
Hey, Mimi Lindauer. Hey, Mark Ahrensberg. Happy Sunday to you. Happy Sunday to you. You're here upstairs at 238 East Main with me, and you are the youngest guest I've ever had on the show, other than Zoe and Sam. So thank you so much for being brave enough to come in here and chat with a crazy old man like me. I feel so honored being the youngest guest on Citizen 44. What would you normally be doing today? Don't you have circus class? The circus studio closed down and I stopped doing it. How long ago was that? It was the beginning of last year. What happened with the circus place? The owner retired, I think. What's his name? Lorenzo. Yeah, Lorenzo. He didn't just retire, he moved. Yeah, I can imagine him just like moving to France or something and doing something crazy. Well, he was a fixture in this community for the whole time I've been here, almost 18 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Le Cirque? Yeah, Le Cirque Center. How long did you do that? For like seven years. That's a long time. It's a long time. What was that experience like? It was pretty fun. I really liked circus. Aerial circus, the actual silks and stuff and doing tricks. And my friend has a silk. Her mom uses it for working out. So whenever I go there, I can do tricks and they're like, whoa, what is that? You guys work with hanging material. <laughs> yeah. And you do all kinds of acrobatic things on the material. Yeah. So they're silks, which are just like curtains, but you can go on them and not break the curtains. And you wrap yourself in them in various ways and do tricks and drops and stuff. And then there's like a lyra, it's like a hoop and then a trapeze, which I think people know what a trapeze is. And that's what you do. You get all tied up in it and you put on play kind of things or artistic yeah. performances. Yeah, they usually did like a Disney show. Okay, so they translated that into these performances? Yeah. So you're a freshman in high school. Yeah. You just got started. <laughs> yeah. So you just got out of middle school over there at Ashland Middle School. Yeah. Let's go back. Can we go back? Go back how far? I don't know. How far do you remember? Do you want like my first memory? Yeah. What's your first memory? Okay. My first memory is being in Hawaii on, it was either my mom or my dad's back. I could swim, but I couldn't swim that far and we were pretty far out and I had snorkel gear and stuff and I was looking down and I thought I saw a shark, but I don't think it was looking back. How old do you think you were? It would have to be around three. And you were born in Hawaii, yes? Yeah. Where in Hawaii? Kilo. Okay. Your father, Robbie, my friend, he's not Hawaiian. No, he's Korean and Jewish and other things. Yeah, he's all mixed up with stuff. Yeah. Why did he live in Hawaii? Hawaii is a pretty cool place. Okay. Was your grandfather Carl from Hawaii? No. All right, so how did the whole Hawaiian thing start, do you know? They used to live in California. Who's they? My mom, my dad, my sister, my brother, before I was born. I don't really know why. I think they just wanted to not be in California anymore. Okay. 
So your first memory is being on a parent's back snorkeling in the beautiful waters of Hawaii. Yeah. And you're like three. Yeah. What's your next memory? I have little memories from my childhood. I remember riding my sister's back a lot. You're on people's backs a lot for some reason. <laughs> yeah. What was up with the back thing? I was like the youngest, so everyone just wanted to pick me up, I guess. You're the youngest of three. You have your older sister, Sophia, your older brother, Nicholas. Yeah. Both of them are in college. Yeah. Sophia just visited, actually. She's leaving at three o'clock to get on a bus. Right. She took a bus from Eugene all the way to Ashland by herself. Yeah. That's like her first bust out after going away to, where is she going to school? U of O. Okay. When do you start remembering a lot of things? I remember a tiny bit of daycare and then I remember some preschool. I think I remember most of kindergarten up. And did you have a pretty normal childhood? I think I had a normal childhood. I'm not like an alien or anything. We're all aliens. What do you remember about your preschool experience? I remember one day a person from a zoo came in and they brought an owl. And before that, I had thought the owls could continuously turn their heads because I was told that- You mean that, like the exorcist? Yes, I thought they could just keep going. So disappointed. What do you know? Yeah, I don't know much about physiology. Right, or owls. What's first grade like? I remember we had like a fake trip to Kenya. We all had fake plane tickets to Kenya. And being on the active board, that was a slideshow through Kenya. We had a whole month getting ready for this, learning about Kenya and stuff. And then we just sat around watching a documentary. How was that? It was a pretty fun experience, actually. How was your elementary school experience overall? Fifth grade was a lot more dramatic than I feel like it should have been. My friends got in, like, a bunch of fights, and then there were other groups that were, like, dating, but, you know, like, fifth grade dating. What is fifth grade dating? They would, like, hold hands and then get super awkward together. What school were you at? I went to Hellman. Okay. Did you have many friends in elementary school? I did. They were just all fighting, so my friend group kind of fluctuated between who was not fighting at the time. You mean physically fighting? Like <laughs> fist fighting? Uh, we had a fight club, you know. You had a yeah, fight club? No. <laughs> you didn't have a fight club. No, we didn't have a fight club. Just not getting drama. along? Yeah. So drama. Just drama. But is it normal kid drama or did you see like there was other stuff kind of drama? I don't know if it's normal kid drama, but I hope not because they were very mean. I don't know. Everyone got super mean in fifth grade. How old are you in fifth grade? Ten. How did you feel about all that? I was so annoyed that everyone was being mean. And I didn't get why because we were very nice in fourth grade. Everyone just decided to be really dramatic about everything. Kids are going through stuff. Maybe. Middle school. Was that easy or difficult? I don't know. I got really depressed in middle school. I don't know if I really want to talk about that, but I actually learned a lot. Like I 
do think I grew a lot during just the three years of middle school. What were the most difficult issues to deal with in middle school? Um, my parents' divorce and my grandma's death. How did those two significant events affect you in school versus just the regular stuff going on in school that you had to deal with? Well, it was just like a big change going to middle school and then all at once a bunch of bad things kept happening to me. It was very overwhelming. So when you graduate elementary school, did that feel good to kind of leave that behind? Yeah, I remember feeling like everything was going so fast during fifth grade. Like a week before, I remember, oh, whoa, I'm not going to be in elementary school anymore. That's cool. So you're done. Now you're going into middle school. What were the challenges, aside from those personal challenges of your grandmother and your parents, what was it like just being in the middle school? I think I kind of liked sixth grade. There were actually more defined friend groups, but also more people being in more friend groups. I think it was the first time I realized there were like popular kids, but it wasn't that dramatic. Like, they're the popular kids, we can't talk to them or anything. It was fun. I felt like I could actually meet more people outside my friend group. Looking back at it, middle school kind of sucks, but not for any reason besides everyone's not really mature, but trying to be mature. Everyone kind of acts a lot older than they are. How'd you do in classes? I'm a straight-A student, 1B in middle school. What'd you get a B in? It was dumb. I got a B in band. Ah, B for band. It's not that I was bad at band. It's that we had to do these practice logs, and I would never do them. And then we had to do smart music, and so with smart music, you have to like record you playing instead of just like saying you practiced. And I would never do them because I didn't want to. And so, uh, yeah, I got a B. What instrument did you play? I played saxophone through sixth and seventh grade, and then I played saxophone and bassoon in eighth grade. And do you still play? No. <laughs> I play guitar now. Okay. Did you take any lessons with Jeff Stanley? Yeah, I'm still doing them. Oh, cool. How's that going? I like it. I like it a lot. Do you play guitar a lot? Yeah, I really like it. When I'm like stressed or something, I can just play guitar. It's really relaxing. Do you sing too? I mean, I sing if I'm playing a song, but I don't think I'm good at singing, so I don't necessarily say I sing, but if you're playing a song, you want to get the tune in there too. Right. Well, you know, you're a product of some pretty amazing guitar playing. Yeah. And I can say that specifically because I was in a band with your father, The Stamps, and we rocked. Yeah. We had fun. We made people dance. Joey Capay's on bass and J. 
Jeff Stanley on electric psycho guitar because he's insane. Yeah, he's insanely good. He's insanely good. You're going to continue on with the guitar. Yeah. That's awesome. So you're a freshman in high school. This is your first year. How'd that go so far? It's pretty good so far. I have pretty good grades. The only class that's significantly harder is the math class because the teacher is very strict about labels and stuff like that. Okay. Are you doing any other extracurricular things? I do speech and debate. How's that? It's pretty fun. How's it feel to be in the shadow of your legendary brother in speech and debate? He was really good. A bunch of people from the team still know his name, and all the seniors seem to know me already, so that's pretty cool. Okay. And you're doing well with it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So straight A's, you're rocking the speech and debate, you're rocking the guitar, your life's pretty good for the most part. Yeah, it's pretty good. The divorce thing must have been really challenging. I know, I got divorced, I've got two kids, it's tough stuff. How are you doing with that now? I'm a lot more emotionally stable now, definitely. My challenge right now is there's a lot more homework. Other than that, there's no major life challenges. Okay, that's great. So based on the age that you are, which is? 15. 15. How are you dealing as a 15-year-old with the way you see the world sitting in front of you right now? I think the world is pretty messed up. Everyone's so worried. Money's the main thing they worry about. And that's really dumb, my view. There's been three school shooting scares. At Ashland High School? Yeah, just since however long school's been going on. For this semester? Yeah. You said there's been three potential scares about yeah. that. Yeah, none of them were even real. At a football game, this guy got taken by the cops because they thought he had a gun, but he did not have a gun. And then there was a lockdown because there's a suspicious man around campus with a bulletproof vest but it turns out he wasn't going on campus. I don't know what he was doing, but it kind of freaks me out still. And then a guy posted, don't come to school tomorrow with this painted BB gun. And then everyone around school saw it and got really freaked out, obviously. He got a misdemeanor charge for unfounded threat, I believe. Three scares. That's within a couple of months, right? Yeah, I've never had anything like that before. Huh. Why do you think that's happening so much now? I don't know why. Are you having conversations with your schoolmates about what's happening in the world? Yeah, but most of my friends don't like getting into politics. Most of the people at the school make jokes about school shootings, which kind of lightens it. But it's still surprising that they joke about it. What about talking about stuff like global warming? I don't really talk about that with my friends, but I talk about that with my dad and my grandpa. What are your feelings about technology? I think technology can be great. And I usually just use it for communications, but I definitely think I use it way too much. 
it kind of hurts my eyes and I always feel like when I'm on my phone too much and then I go out I feel like I'm less in the moment like I'm less there I'm just kind of less conscious okay so what do you do with that information I'm going on it a lot less there's like things that you can set on your phone it's like a screen time limit that made me a lot more conscious about like wow I've just been on my phone for an hour and I should probably not do that right now I am trying to stop consciously but a lot of people just don't it does affect the culture people talking about jokes they've seen on their phone and stuff I don't think that's necessarily bad it's just a different thing to talk about we don't really look at magazines or anything do you read books yeah, yeah I read books okay what's the last <laughs> book you read I'm reading Catch-22 right now. Oh, and? I really like the way it's written. It's a novel by Joseph Heller. Have you seen the movie? No, there's a movie. Yeah. I read 1984 this summer. I really like that book. What did you like about 1984? It talks about our society right now, and I think that's always super interesting. And after I read a book, I always look at the world in kind of a different way. I remember I was just like very suspicious about everything for a while. And then I got over that in like a week and read a different book. Went to Mexico this summer and I read it on the plane. And whenever I wasn't doing anything, just relaxing on the beach, reading a book. What else are you doing with your time? Mostly I just hang out with my friends. What are your goals? to be like old and be able to say I had a very interesting life. Do you have any insights you want to share? My motto is just enjoy life and not stress. Just everything just is what it is and you just gotta go with it. You just gotta live. Excellent advice. Thanks, Mimi. You're welcome, Mark. Bye, Mimi. Bye, Mark. Morning. It is morning. Good morning. You're writing. Writing a TV show that we're gonna make this year. Is there a name for that show? It is called Fairways. Is that about disc golf? Is there disc golf in there? There is a rumor that disc golf is involved. Ah, how many episodes do you have written? There are seven episodes that are being written and rewritten. Okay. And do you have this thing cast? No, not yet. Have some ideas, some casting ideas, but Okay. That's coming. Do you foresee any production start date? Yeah, we are eyeballing September 2020. It will be probably a 10-week production, and we are going to shoot all seven episodes. That's sort of the penciled-in plan. Cool. Speaking of Happy New Year, Happy 2020. Happy anniversary. Also, on New Year's Eve was your 26th wedding anniversary. Thank Uh, you. Congratulations on all that. Appreciate that.
I think 2019 was a fabulous year for me. I enjoyed it. The world is changing. The film industry is changing. The political landscape is changing. There's lots of things I suppose people could be upset about, but going into 2020, I'm optimistic. this national tour for 10 weeks for Phoenix, Oregon, your movie. Yes, we were gone for 10 weeks and we returned right before school started in August. Saw the whole country, went to 35 states. And through that experience, we've just signed our distribution deals, which has been very exciting. I think the tour had a lot to do with it. I think it became proof for people that there is an audience for this movie. So it was instrumental in making these deals for our release, which is happening March 20th. Wow, 320. 320. Okay, very exciting. Is that a national release? It is a national release with national press, but the movie may only make it to 50 to 100 cities. That's the plan. Some of it'll depend on how well that first weekend does. I think the first weekend, it's looking to be about 30 markets. Okay. So it is playing in Los Angeles, which is exciting. It's playing at the Lemley, four different Lemley theaters in Southern California. Awesome. So, yeah. You and Annie and Louie have worked very, very hard to get this independent film noticed and you don't have any studios backing you. You don't have any of the big dollars backing you. You guys have had to do this with your partners and do it from grassroots scratch, from nothing. And I'm very impressed that you've come this far and it looks like you're gonna take it all the way, whatever that means. Thank you. It's a humbling experience releasing a movie. There's so much work that goes into it. It takes so much money. And if you don't have the money, it takes time. And our team, has put in the time. I'm still working on the movie over here. doing a bowling contest through X Bowling. X Bowling is one of the biggest companies in the country, maybe the only country that does this, but they're in like 2,000 bowling alleys where you can actually make bets and play contests to win prizes. So we're being sponsored by them. So there'll be a Phoenix, Oregon bowling contest between February and June ongoing. And we have lots of surprises to announce. I won't announce everything, but we have some cool partnerships that are in play. Cool.
I'm sad you're leaving, but I'm happy for you, Mark. But I'm going to miss seeing you over here editing your show. I can't even express my gratitude for you, Gary. You've allowed me to be here, and I know that this is your creative space, and not anybody can just come in here and be with you. It's been an incredible opportunity for me, and I deeply appreciate that you've entrusted me to be part of your life in that way. Thanks, Mark. I've enjoyed your show. I think you're really good at what you do, and I hope that you make 100 more shows. I hope I make more than 100 more shows. This is 82. This is the first show of 2020, and the show must go on. There's a lot of stories to be told. Anytime you want to chat, you know where I am. It's been really fantastic to be up here with you, and uh, I wouldn't have wanted to be anyplace else. It's been a pleasure having you. Right back at you, man. Happy right. 2020 to you and your family. All right. Cheers, man. Cheers. living in a simulation. Some alien race out there using our misery for entertainment. How's the comic book going? It's languishing unfinished. You don't have time because you're working your ass off at Kyle's Terrible Restaurant. 359, Bob. Cutting it close. You should be grateful that you have a job. Grateful. Maybe I'll join you. <laughs> I feel like I'm 14 again. Drawing comics and needing a ride home. Close your eyes for a minute. I want you to visualize what you'll be doing 10 years from now. Are you serious? I think you've lost your mind. No, you're not visualizing it, Bobby. Come on, close your eyes. Don't close my eyes anymore. I feel like an idiot. You could roll. I remember. It's completely useless talent. Rising Phoenix. Come for the pizzas. Oh, my God. Stay for the bowling. Your aliens made you throw that strike. It's my destiny, Bobby. I know it is. Imagine being an owner, drawing your comics whenever you want. Oh, man. Serious? That's what I'm talking about! Bobby? My partner, Carlos, makes this delicious dough with his hands. Yes. I got 300 scores before, but nobody ever put my pictures in the papers. You should enter our grand opening tournament. You haven't even seen me roll, Hoffy. You haven't seen the action on my ball. Mario put his money in too. He's right to ask questions. I'm his proxy. I've been helping you for months. You've been helping Mario. You are a paranoid little child. I don't know what to say, Theo. Leaving a lot of money on the table. Nice going. You're going down. Not your fault. Well. If it's not my fault, then it's Tanya's. If it's not Tanya's fault, then it's the aliens. You need to take care of yourself, Bobby. I am fine. I am a grown woman. These could be the best years of your life. Do you realize that? Visualize. This is what I live for, Hoffy. Frame 10. These two geniuses are opening up a pizza parlor slash bowling alley. It's classy. Phoenix, Oregon.
Well, that's the show. I hope you enjoyed it. It was really great to have Mimi come in and sit down and share some of her life experiences with me and you. Super sweet young woman who's going to do amazing things, I'm sure. I want to thank Rich Reese for coming on and keeping the funny going with me. I'll miss him. He was really instrumental in helping me, supporting me in many ways so I could stay here in Ashland. I also want to thank Gary Lundgren for coming on the show and sharing his upcoming fantastic news about his national release of Phoenix, Oregon, the movie. He's been an incredible, supportive person as well, giving me space to make the show up here at 238 East Main. What a great guy, really a wonderful human being. I just want to say a big thank you to the Ashland community for allowing me to be me, nurturing me and giving me permission and support to do the show, to be the big personality that I am, to participate in life in this community the way I have. I just can't say enough great things about my experience here over the past 19 years here in Ashland, Oregon. It's been really phenomenal. I've made so many incredible friends. This is where I chose to expand my family. And uh, it's really been a magnificent experience. So thank you again, Ashlyn, for taking me into your bosom, nurturing me and allowing me to be me to the fullest extent of me. I couldn't be any more grateful. Citizen 44 with Mark Ahrensberg is a listener-supported presentation. You can find my podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and of course, CastBox, where I would love for you to become a subscriber. Also, Citizen44.com. And of course, I'll be making shows now from Vietnam. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And Xinhai Cham Sok. I would also like to express immense gratitude to everyone who helped make this trip to Vietnam possible. Kamun Bon. Thank you, Sam, Zoe, and Val. If whatever you're doing is not working, there's one way you can change that, and that's to change what you do, 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 change what you do. Oh. Yeah. I am Citizen 44.